Hello, 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 and welcome to Bed Crime Story Podcast. I'm T, your host, and if true crime is your jam, please consider subscribing to my channel where I deep dive into unsolved crimes, looking at the cast of characters, the evidence, as well as the circumstantial evidence, trying to figure out and discover who done it. Good day to you all. So today, I want to share some information about that slow motion effect that Candace Wells described experiencing as she walked down to the fishing hole where Summer allegedly swam on June 15, 2021, the day that Candace reported the five-year-old missing. Personally, it is my strong belief that her slow motion feeling there is related to a highly traumatic event that occurred at that location. So I did a quick Google search on this slow motion effect thing to read if such a feeling is indeed associated with trauma and post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD. I found an article on npr.org titled, Why a Brush with Death Triggers the Slow-Mo Effect. The article begins with a story about a man named David Eagleman, who at eight years old was exploring and stumbled upon a house under construction. He climbed on the roof of this house to check out the view. However, what looked like the edge of the roof was just tar paper. And yes, when he stepped on it, he fell. Whoosh, thud. Surprisingly, David was fine. But somewhere between the whoosh and the thud, something strange happened. And as he remembers it, he noticed every detail of his surroundings. The edge of the roof moving past him, the red bricks below moving toward him. He describes it as follows. I was thinking about Alice in Wonderland, how this must be what it was like for her when she fell down the rabbit hole, end quote. So all of that, all those sensations, the whoosh, the thud, happened in just 0.86 seconds. And David knows this for sure because he calculated how long it takes to fall 12 feet, the same distance that he fell that day at age eight. David, according to the article, is now Dr. David Eagleman, a neuroscientist at Baylor College of Medicine, and one of his many specialties is exploring how the human brain perceives and understands time. So he began studying the way humans' sense of time distorts in crisis situations. And I have to say that I agree based on my own personal experience, um, when I was involved in a car accident and I was in the car with my dad, my dad was driving and we were struck nearly head on by a driver who was gunning his huge gold Cadillac to get up a snow covered icy road. That Cadillac hit us mostly on my dad's side and when our car came to a stop, it was smashed up against a snowbank on my side of the car. I looked over at my dad, and he looked at me for just a second, and then his head fell down. 
Well, I panicked. I thought he was either dead or in the process of dying. So I pushed my car door open and it was up against that snowbank, like I said. So I had to fight really hard to get it open. And I believe adrenaline was fueling me because I got it. I got that door open in record time. And I remember every single thing I did from running across the road to the only house I could see. Note that this was like a rural farm community, so there were no neighborhoods there. There weren't a ton of houses. I knocked on the door frantically, and when no one answered, I did something that I would never normally do. I tried the door handle, and lo and behold, it opened. Then a big dog was standing on the other side, and he's looking at me, and I was freaking out inside, but all I could do was just say, good dog, good dog, good dog. And miraculously, that made the dog sort of passive. Um, it wasn't a pit bull, so I guess maybe I was lucky in that way, but anyway... It was, a, it was not an aggressive dog. I looked around and I saw the phone on the wall. Now, this was a very long time ago before 911 and before mobile phones. Okay, so by sharing that, you now know that I'm old. But what I can say is that once again, miraculously, the number for the emergency responders was on the wall next to the phone. So many miracles happened during this event. The door was open even though no one was at home. The huge dog didn't bite me. The number for emergency services was right there next to the phone. So anyway, I dialed and they came. And the long and short of it is my dad was okay. He had just fainted. And when I recall that event, I see all those events in slow motion, and I remember every single thing that happened. It, it's like glued to my brain. I remember everything because I thought my dad was either dead or about to die, and I believed that I needed to save him. That's the biggest trauma I've ever experienced. So I, I do have the slow-mo effect in my mind when I think back to that. But let's get back to David Eagleman and his studies on time distortion during crisis situations. So he talked to a ton of people who survived falls like his, car crashes, bike accidents, and other traumatic events. And everyone seemed to be saying the, th the same thing. It felt like the world was moving in slow motion. So Dr. Eagleman wanted to learn more about why this was going on. He started to think that maybe in a crisis, the human brain goes into a sort of turbo mode, processing everything at higher than normal speed. And he thought if the brain were to speed up, the world would then appear to slow down. So Dr. Eagleman came up with an experiment to study this. And in order to do the experiment, he needed to subject the participants to an experience that was terrifying enough and real enough to trigger the slow motion effect in their brains but also something that would not actually endanger their lives. So he settled on something called suspended catch air device diving. So it was described as, it's like bungee jumping apparently, but without the bungee cord. 
So the study participants were dangled by a cable 150 feet off the ground while facing the sky. So they've got their, they're, they're facing upwards towards the sky. Their backs are to the ground. So they were subjected to that to begin with. And as they're dangling there, staring at the sky, they hear a click. The metal cable releases and then they all plummet backwards through the air. Now, thankfully, they all landed safely in the net that had been placed below them. The whole experience lasted only three seconds, and the experiment worked. Now, not everybody reported that slow-mo effect, but of those who did experience that slow-motion effect while they were falling, they consistently overestimated the time that it took for them to fall. They felt the experiences in that slow motion, seeing, hearing, feeling, everything, and everything's happening much more slowly than it actually went down. So Dr. Eagleman goes on to explain that normally our memories are like sieves. We don't write down most of what is passing through our systems. He explains it like this. Think about walking down a crowded street. You see a lot of faces, street signs, all kinds of stimuli. Most of this, though, never becomes a part of your memory. But if a car suddenly swerves and heads straight for you, your memory shifts gears. Now it's writing down everything, every cloud, every piece of dirt, every little fleeting thought, anything that might be useful. Because of this, Dr. Eagleman believes you accumulate a tremendous amount of memory in an unusually short amount of time. The slow motion effect may be the brain's way of making sense of all this extra information. When you read that back out, he says, the experience feels like it must have taken a very long time. But really, in a crisis situation, you're getting a peek into all the pictures and smells and thoughts that usually just pass through your brain and float away, forgotten forever. So, in my humble opinion, I think this is exactly what happened to Candace. And she, not realizing that by Blurting that out, that whole statement, everything is in slow motion now, as she walked with retired detective Chris McDonough of the interview room down to that fishing hole. I believe Candace was actually leaking the information that she experienced something extremely traumatic at that location. In my opinion... Again, I'm just speculating, but I definitely feel that something happened to Summer in the water at that fishing hole. I think it was an accident due to the adults in whose care Summer was placed and those adults not paying close attention to her while she was splashing in the water. Allie's son H. described such an event Candace, maybe not wanting to incriminate herself as an inattentive, careless parent, says that Summer just put her head down in the water and then brought it back up. Regardless, both H and Candace say 
Summer's head was under the water at that fishing hole that day. What do you think? Have you ever experienced this slow-mo effect? Let me know in the comments. And if you would, please smash that like button and leave me a comment and subscribe if you find value in my video offerings. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories.